incredibly reliable internet. Well, yeah. everybody, we're in the snake pit. Welcome, welcome, welcome to today. going to hold off on identifying the specific date and time because we're in a unique position today. We've actually worked ourselves ahead of our release schedule, and we're just kind of here um, sitting down as a group talking over some of the more recent developments in uh, Hilliard and speaking uh, specifically to um, potentially community plan developments and also some of the more recent city council uh, developments that have gone on. I'm joined, as usual, by my good friends Tim Hoffman. Hello. And Kevin Corvo. Good afternoon. Guys. Hey, now. We, uh, we had a busy week last week. It was kind of interesting. We found ourselves ahead a little bit because we were able to welcome Brian Guerra to the studio, and that interview will be coming out Friday morning. Talked a little bit about uh, the potential impacts uh, of Sackett versus EPA on the Supreme Court and how it might impact uh, the Big Darby Accord and some of those uh, things going forward. We talked a lot about... Uh, growth of that area as a kind of cohesive point for understanding where we are as a city when it comes to conservation. Uh, the Big Derby set the stage for a new kind of relationship with development and nature in Hilliard. Brian talks a little bit about, and we'll hear this interview on Friday, um, a little bit about the Green Belt that now features more prominently in some of the development planning for Hilliard and what that means. Guys, when Kevin, when you grew up in Hilliard, it was largely more of a more of an undeveloped not farm town but railroad stop really, right? I mean Well the railroad stop goes before my lifetime, but I mean that's what the city was founded as, Hilliard Station. So it certainly had a rail history, that's how the city was founded. And because of the rails going through town, I suppose it was known for being a train town, partly because of the disruptions that the trains caused blocking Main Street and Cemetery Road. And that was in the 1970s. Yeah, we talked previously, probably five or six episodes ago now, about uh, how trains used to regularly cut across all of Hilliard and basically bring the city to a halt because it was designed to service trains. Uh, that has lowered, uh, but still, every day we hear horns cutting across our neighborhood as trains move in and out of those areas mm -hmm. at all times of day. So uh, it's a little less prominent, but it is... A little less frequently. It, uh, they don't have to blow at Leap Road in Davidson because of the safe... I'm not sure exactly what it's called, but when you install the cement medians, which make it should make it impossible, not always, to snake the gates. The more full barriers. Correct. If you have those full barriers installed, then trains aren't required to uh, sound their horns at those crossings. So you don't hear that anymore at Davidson Road and Leap Road as it comes through that line. So I guess what we need to talk about today is uh, some of the things that have been developing in city council and uh, where we need to go from here. Um where do you guys want to start? I think we should talk a little bit about this... What did you call it, Kevin? I called it a civil complaint. A civil complaint. Okay. Uh, a civil complaint that's been filed uh, in Franklin County? Franklin County Municipal Court. Mm -hmm. 
All right, well, why don't you run us through it? I'm, I'm just kind so, of leading you into it, so let's talk about it. Let's um, let's lay out why there was a civil complaint filed. A civil complaint was filed by uh, Molly Carrier, um, who's a daughter of sitting Hilliard City Councilman Les Carrier, and the lawsuit stems from some discussion that was made, well, not discussion, by emails that was sent among um, city council members. Uh, so uh, Molly filed her complaint. Uh, you know, only in the past week. So that starts the clock on a number of processes, which is serving the people uh, who are named, which are five individual council members, um, as well as the city of Hilliard. Um, so they'll be served, they'll file their answer, and it goes from there. Um, this case is on the docket. They're on the municipal court website. Um, there's an early schedule spelled out as to what dates certain actions are expected to occur by. Um, uh, the five members named in the civil complaint um, are uh, everybody except uh, Les Carrier and Omar Tarazi. So that would be Andy Teeter, Cynthia Vermillion, Tina Catone, uh, Peggy Hale, and um, Pete Marsh. Uh, so it's based on emails that were sent uh, where the five council members were discussing through email their intent to uh, introduce a statement at a council meeting where a vote was indeed held and it was a supportive statement for the city manager, uh, for city manager Michelle Crandall. And I, it seems to me that that evolved from some of the uh, discussion and dissent that came about on uh, Michelle's decision to fire the finance director uh, because there was a whole separate discussion where certain members of council wanted an inquiry into how Michelle reached that decision and the, the circumstances that she looked at and the reasoning she had uh, to, to, to fire David Landing. And as city manager, she can hire and fire whomever she chooses. But certain members of city council wanted a little more explanation. And other members of council really didn't think that explanation was necessary. Um, so stemming from that, some of the members of council who did not think that explanation was necessary said, well, we want to show our support for the city manager. And that was going to be done via this uh, announcement at city council that we moved to show our support. It, it wasn't an ordinance. It wasn't a resolution. It, it wasn't even a proclamation. It was just a, a motion to show support um, for the city manager. That was carried out and discussed uh, among the five council members via email. Um, and Molly illustrates this. Uh, Molly Carrier illustrates this where, well, let's edit this way, let's edit that way. And then was an email, maybe we should let the other council members know what we're doing. Indeed, they did, but it wasn't until well after this discussion had already been going on, absent the input of Councilman Carrier and Councilman Tarazi. And it was all done outside any discussion ahead of time in an open council chamber. And that's the crux of Molly Carrier's civil complaint is, hey, this was something that council introduced at city council, acted on, voted on, and the and leading up to that, this was done outside the domain of a public city council meeting, and that's where her complaint is. Um, and 
I suppose it will be up to the to the judge who hears that case whether or not that falls under the Sunshine Law. Um, uh, one could argue, I, I suppose, that it was an ordinance and a resolution, and it wasn't. They weren't spending money. They didn't pass a resolution. They didn't enact law. Therefore, it's not. Does it constitute a meeting does, of that does, body because it didn't result in an action? You could make an argument that that discussion was not required to be at an open council meeting because it didn't entail spending money, creating an ordinance, creating law, that sort of thing. You could also say, hey, this is city council business. This was still city council discussing a formal action, even if it's only this vote of, vote of uh, support or endorsement or uh, confidence. Confidence, thank you. That's the word I was looking for, Tim. Uh, even though it was a motion, you know, a, a vote of confidence for the city manager, that still needed, that still could, under the Sunshine Law, should not have been discussed among council members um, in, in emails. That's what that's what her complaint is is, is looking at. Let's see. Uh, setting as, setting aside the obvious eye raise, eye eyebrow raising uh, connections, familial uh, connections there. Uh, this would not be the first time the carrier family has engaged in lawfare against the city. Uh, back in 2016. Uh, Carrier and a group existing also of present city council member Andrew Teeter and a member of community plan advisory board Paul Lambert, Tracy Kowalczyk, and um, Larry Ehrman sought a writ of mandamus to compel the city of Hilliard to approve an ordinance placing a proposed city charter amendment on the 2016 ballot, which was um, issue nine, I believe, if I recall correctly, on That's the 2016. Right. Uh, and you kind of get the sense that when business does not flow uh, the way people anticipate, other levers start to be pulled, right? So things are moving through city council in a manner. People are acting on that council membership in formations, and I assume that they're acting in concert in ways, whether they're acting openly in, in meetings or whether they're just um, share understandings of voting interest and, and membership interest in the body, uh, that they're going to act in certain ways. And, and that may or may appear, may or may not appear more or less coordinated based on the actions taken. Like you're saying, in this case, very much a decided thing where these members of council decided they wanted to express support for uh, the city manager position as presently constituted uh, without adjustments suggested by uh, council people Tarazi and Carrier. Um, could, could people... This is based on specific evidence. Yeah, there's email and, and stuff that says, hey, these people got together and did a thing, or there are admissions that we emailed back and forth and we decided we were going to do something. Yeah, um, Molly, Molly Carrier, who will is not an attorney, but she is uh, going and tends to enroll in, in law school. She's going to represent and, herself. And in uh, she is. Uh, she she did tell me that she's the she's the plaintiff or complainant, um, and uh, she'll uh, represent represent herself in this. 
um, if uh, and this is a civil complaint, so the only thing that could the only thing that could stem from this would be if the court agreed with the findings or the allegations in the complaint that there could be civil fines ordered by the judge. That's as far as this would go. I was going to say sunshine law fine. I think it's like five hundred bucks. That's something right. Like that. That's right. Um, <laughs> and I, I suppose you could start uh, investigating or questioning whether it's per instance. For each instance, or or is it, I don't know, or is it just one fine for a particular subject matter? Um, but yeah, that that's that is the amount that um, would would be the civil fine if if that is indeed determined or judged to be a violation of the Sunshine Law. Mm. Hmm. Well, uh, nobody said politics was a, a, a pretty or simple business, and a lot of this stems back. I just read you some sightings from a, a legal filing from 2016 that was put in on a completely different basis and constituting uh, people that are on the other side of these present lawsuits. So obviously there are internecine politics that have gone on uh, through that time period that have <coughs> resulted in um, people feeling like they need to haggle it out on some level in the courts. And now... Uh, Councilmember Carrier's uh, daughter has lodged a civil complaint. Civil complaint, is that the correct term? It's a civil case. Civil uh, case. Well, civil lawsuit. I was calling it a civil complaint. Uh, it's certainly civil. Sure. Um, complaint, well, yeah, lawsuit. no criminality involved uh, in that way. Not in uh, felony terms or anything like that. That would be beyond uh, beyond the pale. Felonious emails. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, nothing like that. No, <laughs> never. Not at all. And I, I think it's just one of those one of those moments where politics has is experiencing lever pulls. People are pulling the levers that they have available to them because things have changed. Uh, in twenty sixteen Andy Teeter was filing lawsuits on Les Carrier's uh, side of the docket. And now uh, Les Carrier's daughter is filing lawsuits against Andy Teeter. Mm. So the flow of business uh, in Hilliard City Council is moving in directions that um, people are interrogating, (laughs) given their ability to interrogate them. Mm. And that's how people do these things in America. They work it out in the legal system, and they work it out um, judicially. Uh, and we can always hope to rely on those systems to provide fair outcomes. So we'll we'll monitor that and continue to see how it goes. Hopefully, uh, this city council meeting upcoming. Let's talk a little bit about that briefly. A city council meets June twelfth. Uh, there should be legislation introduced that would ask for a charter change. Uh, uh, the the much ballyhooed charter change. Yeah, so char- the charter change uh, to uh, replace or to make the office of law director elected in the city of Hilliard. I wonder if uh, Carrier and Tarazi exchanged any emails about whether or not they would back <laughs> each other's proposals on uh, whether or not these things should be... That Maybe we should. Maybe we could ask somebody to come in here and speak to that because I mean, emails have been around for oh, several decades. But the, the onset of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic really did cause some legal quandaries 
because you had uh, government bodies that no longer were going to meet in public. Mm. Yet you just can't walk away and say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna do our meetings by Zoom from now on." Right. It's a public meeting, so you had to have those available, uh, typically streamed. Um, I, I think I don't have copious notes on this, but I think there were examples of rural bodies in other parts of the country that they just didn't have. They didn't have a website, cameras set up, Zoom things set up. I mean, trustees somewhere in rural America, I mean, they still have to meet and do their business, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they've got bills to pay, and and, leg- and and they have to run their township and their government. But those are required to be public meetings. Yeah. So um, there, was a, there was a lot of uh, things to figure out uh, how to still meet the Sunshine Law under, under the pandemic, un- under our pandemic life. Uh, two or three years ago. And even Hilliard just recently, um, within the last two meeting mm-hmm. recording, documenting mm-hmm. uh, processes, has mm-hmm. switched the online warehousing mm-hmm. of this stuff to another company. So it's mm-hmm. now another portal to learn, understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it allows you to subscribe to some meeting notifications mm-hmm. and all, all these other things. But it it um, it's different because it's government doing business with businesses that are providing services, and then sometimes they change services. So mm-hmm. you had something else to add? Oh, emails that. too. I mean, you hit reply all. You've created a yeah. Yeah. Now it's only two people emailing back and forth. So far as I know, that is not that doesn't fall under the under the under the uh, sunshine laws. So certainly, two members of any city council could privately communicate. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Will you support this? Will I support that? Uh, but you hit apply all, and that's a problem. You know, I, so far as I know, you've made that a now. Now that's an open email to anybody and everybody. Um, so um, bringing a stress test along multiple axes. That's what um, we're. That's so what we're about. City with council services. members, yeah. technology integration into your life. Not everything it could be. Don't worry, you could create a scandal. <laughs> yes. Never, city. never, never. <laughs> Never hit reply all. Never hit reply all. (laughs) Reply all. There are a few things. There are a few things to avoid like that. uh, I I imagine the law directors of any given city uh, probably keep their council members um, knowledgeable about about that. Sunshine laws and such. Right. Don't don't click links. Don't hit reply all. Only only if our finance department had received uh, similar advice about not clicking suspicious links and you know, not responding to suspicious activity online. Don't send a three thousand word email. That is rude. <laughs> <laughs> yes, too much reading. Too much reading. So anyway, we were talking briefly about the the upcoming city council. Yes, uh, there will and be maybe... legislation, or should be legislation, on uh, replacing the uh, cr- creating an elected creating a position of elected law director, and also um, as some cities have, uh, if the city manager chooses to hire or dismiss a finance director that would require the uh, endorsement not endorsement what's it called confirmation uh, by city council a review session essentially Um, yeah uh, so uh, that should be introduced july 12th Uh, that's something that council president omar tarazi uh, supports and has all and told me he expects probably won't pass uh, so, if that is to happen, it would probably require a petition, and would not be on the ballot um, probably until next, early next year, okay. um, unless they fast track it and get enough signatures, and they could still meet the filing deadline in August at the board of elections and get it on the November ballot. But 
Um, I don't think uh, Councilman Tarazi said he didn't think it would be put on a, that quick of a track. Uh, Tim, what do you what do you feel about this? Do you, I, my my sense of this is it comes down to politicking being deployed uh, as a means of negotiating power for the city manager that could be dealt with in existing ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people that have leaned heavily into empowering the city manager say, we'll take this up at the contract. We'll take this up when we review. Sure. Uh, we'll, we will look at uh, the delineation of powers when we uh, constitute the next contract offer. Uh, other people are looking at this as a creation of another layer, a separately empowered layer mm-hmm. of governance that can be elected. And in that way, much as I uh, regretted the loss of mayor because it was an elected position that mm-hmm. provided um, that recurring check on its exercise, uh, law directors are very, very professionally qualified position sure to ask a populace to vote on that um to me feels like one of those layers of professionalism we've tried to lean into with getting a city manager Mm. and uh and and by saying that i i only mean like we wanted to keep people from doing things that weren't professional from entering into the process now, by saying we want to create an elected law director, we are opening the possibility of changing the, the positioning of that law director from a professional under the review and, and purview of an administration right. to a position that supersedes the ability of that administration to suspend their ability within the government by firing or by removing them from office without a city council check. Now, I'm more sympathetic to the uh, endorsement process that was discussed around the firing of certain key personnel Mm -hmm. because there are things that go along with finance. Now, I personally, I hate finance. I think Warren Buffett recently said something like, oh, uh, people who are financially illiterate don't have any place in critiquing the structure of finance. I say finance is professional illiteracy. It's the obfuscation of processes that create uh, wealth for a specific thin sliced class of professional in this country Mm -hmm. uh, to the exclusion of other things and other people's benefit. Uh, But to create that empowered position and then to say, okay, it's subject to review or it is not subject to administration review and it's subject only to election, that's a, that's a pretty big separation in my mind. So there's a couple things that come to mind when we talk about this kind of an issue. Um, obviously, uh, a law director of a municipality has a pretty specific job. Um, it's important in as much as decisions they make and actions they take have, uh, by definition, legal ramifications. And these are things, and these are waters that are far, you know, way, I'm way out of my depth. 
on on any of those kinds of decisions. So on one hand, you want to make sure, yes, that we have a professional that has the proper credentials, the proper experience, who is going to keep the city out of trouble. Um, I mean, I, I would imagine that is a big part of the law director's job, is just making sure that the, the actions the city are taking are not going to... Um, lead to horrendous liabilities that'll be uh, found out, tried, and, and, and persecuted in, in the court system. Uh, on the other hand, we are, again, it, doing that and putting it behind the, sh- uh, you know, all right, the city manager uh, appoints that person. Now we have city council getting their hands into it. Uh, are we putting... How many layers, how many firewalls are we putting between the public and that law director? What are What is the function of those? How insulated should the person doing that job be? And again, turning that into an elected position kind of demolishes those firewalls immediately. Now, are those firewalls uh, limits on democracy? Are they enhancements to democracy? It's hard. It's hard to understand. I know we, uh, ele- you know, with a pea brain like mine. <laughs> the other thing um, that is of concern to me is, you know, we changed the charter to to change our form of government. You know, that went into effect three and a half years ago. Start of twenty twenty. Is that three and a half or two and a half? Anyway, that's pretty recent. Um, three, three and, a half. and to be tinkering with the guts, the mechanisms of our city government uh, so soon after something happened uh, indicates to me that we don't have a trust, a level of trust in, in, the, in the process that we decided we were going to go with when we voted as a city. I now I didn't live in the city, so I didn't vote on that decision. I lived outside of Hilliard at that time. Uh, but uh, are we are we giving it a shot? If you are tinkering uh, w- with with the engine as you're as you're cruising down the freeway, um, boy, that's that 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 sometimes seems like it may be ill advised. Now, on the other hand, you know, we look at this lawsuit. Um, Molly Cal- Carrier's lawsuit, and it's like, is this the is the motivation behind this uh, a dissatisfaction with how things are going? Is uh, is there like some f- like serious threat? Is it probing the function of the structure, or is it just power politicking on council level? Is that what you're asking? Well, and because I, think I feel a- I feel like. Ahead, I think Kevin. it's hard. I think it's hard to avoid the political undercurrent of Molly. I mean, Molly carries less his daughters, so right. Obviously, right there on the surface, right, right there. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're going to ask the question. Okay, that's why she's filing the lawsuit because her father is the one who is left out of that set of emails that, that went around. You, you can't avoid that being. You right. Can't avoid that being. That's on. That's on the surface. Considered. Uh, but is this is this the tool that? 
you know, that Les has, does he like see said, a, a clear threat to the democratic the, process the, in Hillier? I don't, I don't I know if so. it's that. Or I don't know. The, the emails that were sent around, I mean, the, 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 the Molly has in her exhibit, the five members who are individually named in the complaint, they are discussing whom, which one of us should introduce this on the floor of city council because I don't want it to look political. So they are aware mm-hmm. of, of, the, of how it might appear which one of us should introduce this vote of confidence for the city manager? Mm. I mean, it, understood. <laughs> they were asking that question among themselves. So, all these actions that that, that people are taking, they're they're aware of how how they're going to be viewed in the public arena. Sure. I so, mean, when the dividing line between the council members are that clear, I mean, it's, it's pretty clear who doesn't. There's. These seven council members do not see things the same way. Right. Uh, so, so it the the news is it's both. It right. is both an interrogation of structure and how things get done and how a minority in office can try to influence the flow of legislation or the flow of political structure and evolution and how this new form of government evolves. Hmm. And uh, that would be res- uh, represented in the Tarazi Carrier perspective. And it's also uh, a questioning of is this really the best way to go about this? Clacka, 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 emailing back and forth about who should say what and who should do what. Or is there another further evolution, a positive vision that needs to be proposed out of these uh, results and these lawsuits and these pending actions that says, okay, here's the new way. So that this doesn't happen again, so this inclusion is part of the system as opposed to something we uh, didn't do because of political reasons or anything like that. Like the structure of things at the local level, I feel, should always strive to mitigate people's ability to exercise their individual power in a group dynamic that is convened specifically to provide a group result. Mm. Right, so to provide a better system of review, a better system and structure of evaluation for critical positions like finance director and law director, should be this council's goal. I believe. Now, whether they get there at the end of some some actions in the law uh, in the legal system, if they should get there after some. You know, dark nights of the soul going, wow, what a hassle this all turned out to be, and boy, I don't ever want to do that again. Mm. That's the important thing. Like, what comes of this other than uh, acrimony, other than um, reprimand, other than negative interpretations of how people run government? You know, I think people need to take these opportunities to interrogate government, yes, but part of that interrogation also needs to be rebuilding and better construction going forward. So uh, if nothing else comes out of this, I hope that people start thinking along those lines to preclude some of this uh, you know hashing out of things in this manner right This legal system manner uh, is expensive and uh, leads to a lot of acrimony. So hopefully we can monitor that and keep an eye on it and see how things play out in the court system. And we'll provide all that information to you, fine folks, as we get more info. And there will be a, a written piece. That will be forthcoming. Okay. Um, on, on the 
civil complaint that Molly Carrier filed, um, as well as follow-up on the legislation for the charter change, which I don't think is anything more than fine-tuning the changes that come about when you shift from a mayor to a city manager. Okay. Um, I, I was trying to remember the exact term you used when you asked or, or, or contemplated why this is happening. Mm. But I don't see it anything more than um, you know, fine-tuning uh, the changes that come about when you change the form of government. And even as they were writing the language for the charter change, I remember sitting at a city council meeting where this is going to come Se- up. Several this months, is come right? Up. This is and, come and up. several months down the road. Oh, we still refer to a mayor in this section. We still refer to a mayor in that section. Hmm. I mean, it took them a while just to make sure that we're not talking about what the mayor's going to do anywhere else in all the sections of the city charter. You'll still see from time to time little changes being published as they say, like, oh, you know, just text changes, just corrections. Correct. Yeah. And, and those can be made if they're considered non. There's just text changes, but. Again, I, I I don't I don't know that they. No matter no matter how much time you take and the detail you put into it, you put into effect. Now we have a city manager. Right. I still think it's going to take some time, perhaps even the three and a half years. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe we better tune this or tune that now that we have a city manager. Sure, and, I, and I don't think it's anything more uh, more than that. Okay, that reminds me of when you're opening a new business and you can't. You can't until you have meaningful data. You can't right. make meaningful change. Right until you get it on, until you get it open. You don't know what it's going to look like. And mm-hmm. so I think you know you can do as much as you can to prepare for that kind of a big change. Um, but you, there are going to be surprises that come mm-hmm. along that require adjustments. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems to me like that is the dynamic at, yeah. at play people, here. People pulling levers, like I said, their their ability to act. Uh, Sometimes can be wide ranging, and sometimes it can be, "Hey, go file this lawsuit." Right. <laughs> but uh, there's there's really no limit to how it evolves. That's why these things are the laboratories of democracy, and uh, their their ultimate output still resides within our uh, ability.